somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Lutz Stradamus. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And still to come tonight on That Kevin Show, she understands the importance of being earnest, or at least his granddaughter, Mariel Hemingway. And a heartfelt American spotlight tonight with Alex Maybe. Plus, T-Square Trippin' and Assignment Desk Weekend. And now, live from Times Square, where Chris Christie first earned his gold medal in learning how to body fresh Krispy Kremes, here's that Kevin! Hi there. How are you? Hour number two is underway. We couldn't be happier than to have you here. And yes, uh, I think I think that the primary reason... I, now, announcer Dave, I, I could be confused about this. But I'm going to go out on a limb and follow me here because I, I, I want everybody, all the kids at home, I want you to pay attention. Uh, I, I honestly do think that the rationale for the uh, prospectus, it's a big word, uh, that, that the rationale for the prospectus for the Krispy Kreme Corporation to actually install a Times Square uh, location had to do with the fact <clears throat> that uh, former Governor Chris Christie was spreading the rumor that he was going to be working at uh, ESPN, ABC, uh, there in Times Square. And so, hence... Uh, Krispy Kreme trying to be responsible in its allocation of future dollars thought, hey, if the dude's going to be there <laughs> and we know he can put away a few, why not open one? Now, am I saying that I have absolute knowledge of this? No. But I will say this. Uh, Governor Christie, when it comes to the rationale that you use for being on the campaign trail right now, with not one policy position stated on your website, uh, doing nothing but denigrating a man that you begged a job for. Oh, Mr. Trump, please let me be your attorney general. I promise I'll be the best attorney general that ever ate a Krispy Kreme. Yeah. I, you kind of have every ounce of every bit of crapola that is coming your way. You're an embarrassment to the Republican Party. You're an embarrassment to the state of New Jersey. You're an embarrassment to America. Pack your <clears throat> lunch bag up and go home. Dear Chris Christie, please. Signed, America. With that in mind, let's take a look at Assignment Desk Weekend. This past Tuesday, President Biden shocked U.S. officials by publicly discussing highly sensitive information regarding China to a room full of big dollar donors. 
Biden got caught bragging that the CCP chairman Xi was embarrassed to learn that he had shot down China's spy balloon. He even went so far as to say that uh, Chairman Xi was a dictator. Biden abruptly dropped the subject when his son whispered a reminder in his ear that the CCP was the Biden family's number one revenue source. The nation expressed strongest condolences for the families of the victims in this week's Titan submersible disaster. Also unfortunate that in the lead up to the ill-fated excursion that the Titan CEO got caught bragging on video publicly about not hiring former sub-pilots from the military. Turns out those old 50-year-old white guys are a lot like uh, that line from the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars. They may not look like much to people like him, but they've got it where it counts. Also, fans of Jeopardy were a bit uh, outraged this week as the show's final clue of the week. But how was Mayim Bialik supposed to know that uh, the clue called World of Water would so terribly implode? Hunter Biden pictured here, trying to evade paying child support for the daughter he claims does not exist, was evidently flagged for his criminal tax and gun charges when discovered in a separate investigation regarding amateur porn. What? (laughs) Ah, This one writes itself. The vice president is claiming that her goddaughters and friends are basing their choice of college on the states where abortion laws favor choice. Because honestly, if you can't abort your child in the third trimester, what kind of education could you possibly expect to receive in such places? Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, pictured here trying to decide whether he should answer the reporter or just wolf him down, has come up with a plan to boost his chances with GOP primary voters. He entertained bribing them with new enchiladas from Taco Bell. He later grew depressed and had to abandon the plan once he realized he had already eaten them and there were none left. Then he napped on the plane ride home. Okay, for the most self-serving story of the night, the founder of Chatbit AI is warning students that do not use AI of a disadvantage in writing their papers, especially considering that they will get automatic Fs from the new AI instructors. Tennis great Martina Navratilova expressed strong support for Riley Gaines appearing before a Senate subcommittee hearing this week on whether or not biological men should participate in women's sports. How many female members of the NBA do you see? Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, And it's just not the case. She is stronger than that. What's your experience, Ben? Male, female? Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, My experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, He could kick my butt any day of the week without trying. The champion, Martina Navratilova's response in four words, you demand, girl. A former top chef for McDonald's, Inc., there's such things, 
revealed this week that a quality McDonald's location should be able to process your food order in 120 seconds or less. Because as we all know, the faster that food is cooked, the better it is and the better it is for you. All right, it's time to go tripping in time slip. You know, I don't know that. Guess a country. You give me your best guess. If you have second, South Korea. One more time. What country is above South Korea? Like on a map, you have to like picture a map. South Korea. Japan? Japan? Yes, very good. You guessed? Yeah, I guessed. Oh, that's pretty fire. Do you know who the first female vice president was? Heck no. No way. You have no idea? No. Have we had one? No. Not yet? No. Do you, like, support that, like, in the future? Yeah, that'll be fine with me. <laughs> yeah, hopefully one day we'll get one. Do you know what 11% of 100 is? Um, 71%? Yes. Do you know who the first female vice president was? Uh, there hasn't been one. Not yet? Do you support that like in the future? Hopefully one day we'll get I, th I think life would be great. Really? Hillary would have been if it wasn't for Clinton. Yes. Very good. What's 11% of 100? Oh. Oh. Around what? Around what? Give me a guess. Like what? 80? I think it's Gucci 80. Yes. Do you know what the capital of the USA is? The capital of the US? Yeah, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> Drug is crazy. Yes, guys. US. Yeah, you know this. Um, of the US? Yeah, of the US. Give me a guess. You know it. Albany, I don't know. What state is Washington, D.C. in? Bro. New York, bro. New York? Yeah. You, where are you from? New York? Yeah. Have you ever been there? No. Uptown or downtown? Uptown. How did you know that? I guessed the whole time, bro. I guessed. <laughs> you're a genius, man. Yes. <laughs> if you're driving 60 miles an hour, and you've been driving for one hour, how far do you travel? Driving 60 miles an hour and you're driving for one hour? Isn't that like... 80 miles? Yes. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin. Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. All right, my next guest really needs no introduction. She is a, a global a Golden Globes nominee, an Oscars nominee, and a BAFTA nominee. She comes from a legendary name that nearly everyone knows as ubiquitous. And she is making movies now that um, are encouraging people on a whole different level. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome Mariel Hemingway. me i'm sorry if my dog was whining and said i want to be in your lab so, so. <laughs> it's quite, quite all right 
dog. We, we, we take friends of all stripes around here. Uh, what's the dog's name? Daisy. All right, Daisy. Daisy. I, Daisy. I hope I hope she feels welcome. Uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about um, for for my audience, Mariel. We don't we don't get to talk to a lot of people that have uh, a legacy in the entire performing arts uh, world like like you do. And obviously, your grandfather was. Uh, a phenomenal writer and people know him uh, around the world, but you really have had uh, an entire life of people that have been in the spotlight. And I'm just curious when you were, when you were little Mariel growing up, um, did you think that life was going to be the way it has turned out for you? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I think when you're small, you know, when you're growing, I, I grew up in Sun Valley, Idaho, Ketchum, Idaho. I think you never think that you're going to make it all the way to 60. That just seemed like, oh, that, <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, someday maybe you'll still get there. Well, we're just saying. You're so kind. Yes, maybe someday. But, you know, the truth is I don't feel that way. But as a child, I, I really didn't, I didn't think much about it. I grew up in this famous family. My grandfather was probably one of the most famous writers of the 20th century. And that was kind of a part of my existence, but I also lived in a small town. So it was partially part of my life. And then, and then I went to Hollywood because my sister was playing in a movie and she invited me to play her little sister. And then I would go to LA and then I would go back to Idaho and kind of live this very small town life. So there was a balance to that that probably kept me very sane mm. and also kept me from worrying or thinking that 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 you know my name was bigger than me and scary for me. Although I could see that it had a tremendous effect on my father, you know, being the son of Ernest Hemingway and then deciding that you want to be a writer is an interesting choice. Well, I was I was going to ask you when how old were you when you first really understood what being Ernest Hemingway's granddaughter was all about? Well, I knew that he was famous, but it wasn't I was actually on a chairlift because I grew up it Sun Valley is a is a ski resort and and all you did was ski when you were <laughs> cool. I was on a chairlift and somebody you know, and I, you know, you have a partner on the chairlift and I think I was 10 years old and they looked at me and they were like, you know, they were talking like I was some cute girl, um, in a good way, not in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I get it. Go ahead. And it's like, whoa, I got to be careful. Uh, what I said. but anyway, uh, he said, what's your name? And I said, my name's Mariel Hemingway. And he like, just stop for the, like for seconds. I, I was like, are you okay? He's like, oh my gosh, and Ernest Hemingway, you know, he's the, he's amazing. He's one of my heroes and all this stuff. And I remember going home, going home and asking my father, why would somebody be so like nervous? And like all of a sudden, thought, you know, and then my father sort of explained yeah. the fault year when I was 11, my father took me to Paris and showed me the different places that he grew up. He grew up in Paris. He first, he spent the first 10 years of his life in Paris, France. And he showed me that. So that was a very, you know, privileged thing to be able to do at 11 years old. So I started to really understand and have this 
I remember reading The Old Man in the Sea and thinking that I had some special connection to my grandfather because mm. he died before I was born. Right. So. I, I was going to ask you because he, he did die before you were born. And you wrote in one of your books about the phenomenon of being a young girl in the acting business that got hit on by some of the older guys. And I'm just curious, in 2023, as you sit here right now, still only 30-something years old, um, what are you thinking about where the industry is in terms of its treatment of women and how women have progressed through even the scandals of the last few years to come out the other side? Are we at a better place than we were uh, before the Me Too scandal, or do you think there's uh, room to grow? There's always room to, there's always room to get better at, at anything. Um, you know, when I was, when I was in the business early on and I was very young and there, there were, you know, there were these things that were going on kind of behind the scenes. They, they talk about the, produ the, the, the producer's couch or whatever, right. whatever that was. And it, it was a very real thing. Um, it never I guess I was just that girl, either I was protected by God or something, but I was like, I was never, like, I never allowed that to be my issue. I'm not saying people didn't hit on me or whatever, but it was like, I don't know, something, right. something protected me. But that being said, the business is a tough business and it's been very tough on women and men. Frankly, you know, people get hit on, men get hit on, and there's weird things that go on in the business. Like, and I don't know why, you know, maybe the entertainment business sort of draws on this, like the, the, there's some sort of invitation that it's okay because it's the entertainment, we're creatives and we're artists. Um, and I think we've come a long way. I think the Me Too movement was an important movement for women to stand up and say no more. You know, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Um, and and so, but there's always room for improvement. But there's there's room for improvement on on many levels. It's not just the entertainment right. industry. It's like, you know, you go into big corporations and people are doing inappropriate things. Um, it's it's a it's a challenging time. It's just a different time because now we've got so many rules around. <laughs> well, you were just right? talking so about like, not being able to say something was you know like, uh, pretty or attractive or not, and I find myself yeah. apologizing now when I say. Yes. You look very nice. Am I allowed to say that? You look very yeah. nice tonight. I just wanted to let you know. But yeah, I grew up I, in an age yeah. of chivalry where all of the men in my family um, were always very respectful and complimentary uh, to the women in our lives. And so it's just something that as a Southerner, I was just kind of born in me. But even to this day, I find myself, you know, hitting the brakes. Am I, am I allowed to say that? I know. I, I, I feel kind of the same. I kind of feel like we're in a time where we can't, you can't express... You can't even express opinions without you being in a camp. Now, right. all of a sudden, you said that you believe something, whatever it is, and then you're in that camp. I'm like, right. wait, no, I was actually trying to have a conversation. I'm curious what you think and what do you think about this. Can we? But you can't have conversations anymore. I, 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 I my heart goes out to comedians nowadays because you can't make fun. Of no, you anything. can't make fun of anything. It's done. She's Mariel Hemingway. We're coming right back. Kevin McCullough, so glad to have you with us. Stay here. Ready or not, we'll be right back.
Back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. Back from Times Square, it's Kevin McCullough. It is that Kevin show, and we're thrilled to have you with us. And I'm very honored to have Mariel Hemingway with us tonight. We've interviewed a lot of actors and actresses over the years, lots of uh, presidential candidates, uh, sports figures, etc. It's always fun to delve into what made them who they are. And Mariel, I appreciate your kind of uh, candidness tonight. You you wrote about a kind of a life change um, in your book. You 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 your family has obviously been very celebrated and very famous. You've also had some pretty dark chapters, and and I think you've admitted publicly that a lot of that really hurt you on a lot of levels and really caused a lot of pain in a lot of different ways. And then you got into something that I was I did not know about till I was doing the research for this, but I've discovered it recently in my own life. Yoga? Yoga was 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 the thing? Yoga helped you? It was really it was just a vehicle that it, it that helped me realize that being present, which sounds like a woo-woo concept, but actually <laughs> right. right. It sounds like a This oh, means that. I'm just sitting here actually paying attention to what's going on. Exactly. And yeah. that's how it means. It's so hard for humans to to just stay here. Like just be here, right? It's so true. It's so yeah. true. Hard. Um, so yeah kind of taught me that your your newest your newest work is a pure flicks production what was it about this particular project that attracted you i have a son in it who is a country western singer he's really good but he gets he goes down the rabbit hole of addiction and the reason why it resonated with me is that i come from a family of addiction i mm-hmm. ha- i come from a family of of alcoholics like they drank too much because they were you know, they were covering pain. And and that really is what this, you know, fictional uh, character, my son, was doing. He was trying to get over the pain of losing a brother in a tragic accident and having a father that he can't communicate with. And, you know, I love stories about human, human interaction that, you know, and especially family stories, because we all have them, right? We all come from a family. All We all come from something. We all have a story. We all are not perfect. We're all, we all go through our bumps at, in the road. And it's nice to see a story that just kind of deals at this human level and is not taking you down some dark path. And there's, there's kind of, there's some joy in the end, right? Yeah. So, well, it's it's a it's a it's a fun story, and there's uh, there's some really cute comedy in it between the uh, the main character and his uh, his son, and yeah. and the interactions. It's very it's very lovable, very adorable. Pure Flix is the distributor. You can get it uh, on your Pure Flix app. You can uh, download Pure Flix off any device, Roku or Apple TV, uh, etc. They, they've got it everywhere. Um, Mariel, what's next in for for your next stage of adventure? What are what are you hoping to uh, you know drink in uh, in in the next chapter of life? Well, you know, here's the weird thing. I think that I'm at the beginning of my life. <laughs> I think it's all starting. Well, again, 29 and counting. I'm just you know. Right. So I have I have a podcast called the called outcomes the sun podcast i also have a foundation that i started for mental health called the mariel hemingway foundation.org um and what i'm doing i'm also producing i'm producing three different projects based on one's based on my grandfather's life when he became the writer that we know him to be but it was before he was famous then there's kind of when he's already famous. And then I've got a story about 
myself and my two sisters in the 80s, uh, the 70s, the 80s. Oh, wow. 60s, 70s, and 80s, kind of, in that time frame. Um, because I think I think that we all kind of yearn for look to look back on those times because, I don't know, they're just coming from that era. I think we're very interested in how we got here. <laughs> and I those those three stories kind of tell the tale of of because it's a famous family, it kind of it, it kind of has a thread that can make sense to why we've come to where we've come. I'm not saying that I'm my family's the derivation of social media, but but <laughs> there is yeah, certainly not. But there is something to be said for that historical sure. kind of so we call it the Hemingway universe. So I'm producing that. Hopefully that will go. No, I know it's going to go. My husband has an amazing health and wellness project that he's doing that I've been involved in for the last 10 years. He's been engineering an amazing uh, technology that's going to really reverse the aging process. Which is why you're literally now 27. I love you. We've been going backwards the entire interview. Mariel Hemingway, it is a genuine joy to have you with us. Kevin McCullough coming back from New York. Stay here. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin. Thank you for being here. Um, always fun to have you with us. And yet to come still, Alex Maybe back in the spotlight. Uh, she's got one more really special piece for us. I don't want you to miss this. Um, friends, tonight we have had an opportunity to do something amazing, and that is to double the number of human slaves that we are actually able to free uh, tonight. Um, if, if you're just tuning in for the first time, we have been in a slave liberation campaign um, for the last few weeks. And our goal for the year is 192 individual human slaves to be liberated and taken out of slavery for good, uh, to end human slavery, at least for those 192 women in this time. We're doing this with Christian Solidarity International. We're doing it in the area of Northern Sudan, where slaves have been held over since the end of the Sudanese Civil War. These women have gone through at just the most torturous treatment you can imagine. Um, and we've played some of their stories uh, on the show. What makes tonight unique is that if we are able to get to the magic number of 10 slaves freed, there is a single uh, donor who's going to step up and match that with an additional gift for 10 slaves to liberate them. So we are a little bit of, a, of an urgent nature uh, for you to respond. 888-342-1010, But why right now? Because we've only got a few minutes left in the show. And if you give a gift of any of the following options, $250 one time, liberates a slave, 
and starts their life over again for them back home in their home region of South Sudan. They're reunited with family. They're reunited with uh, the people that uh, they may have uh, been around when they were a little uh, girl, little child before they were taken into slavery. Uh, that, but re relocation to their homeland is part of that. That and the two hundred fifty dollars pays for that, but that it pays for a lot more. It gives them a year's worth of food uh, to re-establish their life with. It gives them another year's worth of seed for sorghum grain that they can plant and grow a year's worth of food in addition to that. And then it also makes sure that they have a variety of utensils and tools, gardening, cooking, cleaning, uh, fishing, things that they need to uh, help their life sustain. And in addition to that, uh, kind of my favorite uh, part of the uh, the entire gift is they, they get a kid goat uh, that they are able to um, breed and uh, create a micro enterprise for themselves where they are able to um, have other goats sell them, uh, create milk and cheese uh, to sell and also to sustain their lives. So it's a it's a remarkable opportunity. And friends, tonight, if you give a gift right now of two hundred and fifty dollars, uh, you will have that matched by this person that is going to match 10, if we can hit 10 before the end of the show. Uh, but call now, 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org. Additionally, if you are able to, uh, if you can't do 251 time gift, uh, maybe you need to do $125 over two months of payments. You could do that as well, and that will count towards tonight's match. Uh, if, you, if you would prefer to do $50 a month for five months, that will also count towards tonight's match. But we need you to step up and say, I will, I will take care of at least one um, slave tonight from uh, Sudan. Now, the McCullough family did that earlier. I, I told you at the beginning of the show, during that first commercial break, I was going to go and uh, liberate a slave. We did that in the McCullough household. So if there are just nine of you that stand with us, and there may have been others that did in the first hour, uh, thank you for each one of those, by the way, that you have. By the way, this year, we have already liberated 72 of the 192 that are on the list. That leaves 120 to go. But, um, friends, we can we can knock out 20 of those tonight if you just go to the phone right now. 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010. I've never seen a, 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 an operation that does more good for a group of people than what Christian Solidarity International does for these liberated slaves. And, friends, the fact that we can do it and we can do it uh, in such a uh, cost-effective manner is just truly, truly remarkable. Let me hear, let me play for you a story of one of the slaves that you liberated last year. My name is Nanya Newt. I was about 15 years old when I was captured. My mom had spent the last few days teaching me all about what it meant to be a good wife and a mom, showing me how to cook and sew. She had hoped I would get married in the future. One day I was out collecting firewood, and that was when the Arabs found me and captured me and took me to Sudan without the chance to tell my family goodbye. It took me many days to walk the complete journey. They gave us boiled sorghum as we went, and the men that had been captured with us faced grave dangers. They were considered to be spies, and most of them were killed right in front of us. Upon arrival in the north, I was sold to a master in Miriam village, and then I was sold almost as quickly to another Arab in Magalagate, 
He made me work for his family, sweeping the compound and washing the dishes. They worked me long and terrible hours, pounding sorghum, fetching water. And then they said, in order to be a good Muslim woman, I would need to be circumcised. I was held down as it happened, and then I was forced to marry. Against my will, they forced me to work even when I was sick. If I did anything that made them angry, they would beat me. My master never bought me any clothes, never paid me for any of my work, and barely ever fed me. Then one day, I heard about a CSI retriever, and I ran to find them in the town. As it turned out, they were freeing slaves in my region, and they had not known about me. But I think God allowed me to find them because they brought me home. We walked that same journey back to South Sudan. And today I thank God because I am free. I thank the Arab retriever because he helped. I thank CSI and for those who gave. I cannot thank those of you who gave money to help us become free ever enough in all of my life. But I do hope that my prayer is answered, that we will not stop until they are all free. Friends, right now your gift goes twice as far. If we can liberate 10 slaves tonight, another single donor will liberate another 10. Call right now. Ready or not, we'll be right back. Gentlemen, once again from the music spotlight stage, Alex Mayer. So you'd hear me in the guest room. That's how much I wanted you to be mine, to be kind, to come find me. I was dying down the hall without. Did you hear? 
songwriting sounds of Alex Maybe and the haunting, the well. Kevin McCullough saying thank you for being here for that Kevin show. And again, it's uh, the end of match night. If you help liberate a slave with Christian Solidarity International, uh, someone else is going to do the same. The phone number is 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010. Thanks to everyone who was here, Julie Hartman, Mariel Hemingway, Alex Maybe, uh, and yourself. Please join us again next week for another That Kevin Show.